Welcome back. It is the Motown Rundown. It is December 22nd. Do you guys know what today is? Do you happen to know what today is? Today is the eve before the eve before the eve. No, no, no. What is no, it? No, eve no. Eve before the eve before Christmas. It. You're overthinking it. Collins, today you know is what today is? Losing no Tuesday. Clue. What what episode is today? If we have Christmas on the clock, what is today's episode? Oh, Christmas extravaganza. Yes, it oh. is the Come on, Trent. God's sake. You said what is today? That, that's like different. Yeah, what's today? What's that's today? Than today? What episode is this? That's that's different. Today is our holiday extravaganza because we are inclusive of all holidays. This one of the funny. one of the probably the lamest holiday extravaganzas we've had, all things considered. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I'm sensing the energy is low right now. We're going to have to get to some holiday events. <laughs> I hope you have something planned, Rabs, host of the year. I have, I have nothing planned. I thought I was hoping that our Trent's trifecta today is somewhat festive. I have to be well, completely honest. I just got back from the gym. Ladies, how are you? Um, and I was so hungry. I just ate like five Christmas cookies, and I, I feel like nauseous. <laughs> nothing better than going to the gym and just giving it right back. Yeah, I was well, gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say, do you feel like that? Like do you feel like you're just running in place when you do that? No, I think I'd never thought of it like that, but thanks guys for making me feel bad. No, I came <laughs> back from the gym. I, I'm I was starving and the cookies are readily available. So I was like, you know what? Let's just get after. But that's the thing, is once I, I've I've made a pact with myself that after Christmas, it's time to get the diet back on track. Big diet starts Monday, guys. Like, well, I'll say this: it, it's, it's a tough. It is a tough time of year to diet. You know, you got like Thanksgiving, then right into Christmas. Yeah, dude, they cut me some slack. Yeah, yeah, it's a real tough time to like watch. You know what you eat and that kind of thing because there's just constantly good. Yeah, food I'm not. Available. I'm kidding, right? I'm right. I'm a, big, I'm a maintenance guy at the gym. It's not like I'm trying to get ripped. <laughs> I'm trying to just not get fat. It's just yeah, like Collins. Collins' gym philosophy is so efficient. I mean this, like Collins's gym philosophy. If everyone thought like Collins. This country would be in much better shape as a whole. I just have to say that. Like, you're just not going to get ripped unless you're ripped. And like, I've accepted that. I, I just right, like have people, to. People expect, like, crazy results, and when they don't get them, they quit. It's like, no, you, you keep going. You maintain. It's maintenance. It's just maintenance. It's just what you got to do to get through the day so you're yeah. not a fat slob. <laughs> um, how are finals? How those finish up? Yeah. They were good. I don't know. Oh, no. Collins, Collins and I, journalism, you know, we don't always have a ton of finals, but this semester I actually only had one journalism class, so I did have four finals. Uh, they went well. I'm very glad it's over. And now Dude, I sneaky waiting. like finals more than papers, by the way. Sneaky like finals more than papers. Papers take way longer. I'd prefer an exam. And because you always overthink the paper too. Like you always end up Yeah, you're like, what did I what did I put in that? And you're just like, Yeah, this isn't great. So I don't know. Agree. How do you uh, how do you guys feel about Michigan State pushing classes back starting in the spring? Well, first of all, I thought we were going all remote again, but I guess we're not. So I was well, very confused. I, well, I it sounds I like we're. I never know, man. I, I I had no idea what Michigan State was doing before last semester began, and now yeah, apparently we get two syllabi week, so that's cool. Um, I, what? I, we get we get basically two. I don't know. We get a we, we get the syllabuses, the syllabi, and then we get to read, reflect, and what's it's it called? not called syllabi. What are you talking about? It's to, multiple syllabi, multiple form of syllabus is syllabi. No way, I don't believe yes, that. It's like octopi. Yeah. octopi. I I I don't accept that. 
Okay, let's just go. Aaron, on. What, my, my sister, my sister's down in the basement right now. Is syllabi plural? Okay, that's okay. My sister Aaron, fifth grade teacher, just corrected me. So I guess shout out Aaron. Shout out Aaron Collins. Okay, Aaron, we can't have a lesson right now in the middle of the podcast. (laughs) Unbelievable. She's trying to tell me, she's like, give me an example. She's like, cold a sack and I'm like, okay. Cold a sack? What is the plural of cold a sack? Cold a sack? Yeah, what is the plural of cold a sack, Aaron? What? No, it's not. That's no. Now no, she's no. It is. It is because cul-de-sac is three words. No, no. Cold she's making sack. things up now. No, she's correct because I'm in complete awe. <laughs> Whatever. Is this is this isn't the you know journalism. Yeah. Rundown, so yeah. we're good. But yeah. she's correct. The AP right. style rundown. That's our new podcast. Yeah. Um. Here's my last thing. Uh, Christmas shopping. How are we looking? You guys done? Because I, I went Christmas shopping. Here's, so here's how I think I broke this down last week. My brother's lucky if he gets one gift from me. That's just how it is. He doesn't get me anything because he's a youngin. So he's not. He's making cash to go buy me anything. My mom takes care of all my dad's stuff because it's so hard to shop for dads. We've talked about this. So I get put in charge of shopping for my mom. Usually my dad just hands me a stack of cash. He's like, go crazy. Get whatever you need. But this year he's been, he's been like sleeping. So I've got, I took my card and I went out and got what I had to get. And I'm sure I'll get the stack of cash uh, a little bit later on. I am so inept at shop at shopping for like females. It's unbelievable. Like my mom's got this list. She's like, Oh, I need, I want these kind of pajamas. I need a pair of like workout leggings. And you go to like the legging section and target and there's 30 different pairs of them. You got like the, the high-waisted, the high-waisted eights. You got, like, the contour. So I just, like, I'm walking around Target. I got my winter coat on. I'm sweating my ass off. There's no one around to help me. People are looking at me because I'm, like, walking through, like, the bras and, like, the women's, like, pantyhose and whatnot. So I'm, like, a creep. I just couldn't find anything. And I'm always, like, very afraid to ask people for help in the store. because, And I know everyone's looking at me. Then I got to go to this one aisle to find some face serum that my mom wants. I don't know what it looks like. I'm trying, again, I, I'm too afraid to ask people. I couldn't find it. I had to go to Meyer. It was a mess. It's just, I, I, I really hate shopping. I can't stand it. Well, I don't want to listen to this either because she's going to know what she's getting for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Well, yesterday, me and TB were doing a podcast. I was like, yeah, I think my brother's going to get engaged soon, so I hope his uh, <laughs> girlfriend doesn't oh, listen yeah. to that. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> was like, yeah, I got, I got two older siblings. One's married. One's probably going to get married soon. And then <laughs> he goes, wait, I probably shouldn't have said that. It was just- yeah, so I don't know. What's it called? Shopping for your mom is a disaster because they always just give you like, oh, Thank you. Like they, they're so nice. Yeah. Like you can tell, like they don't like it. Like I don't think I've gotten my mom a good gift yet. And dads, I, I, I feel I like dads, it. dads will just shoot you straight. They'll be like, "What is this?" Yeah. Don't, don't need it. Thanks though. Yeah, yeah. Thanks though. Don't really need it. But like I did my dad <laughs> like a tiger. I did my dad like a tiger set. He said, "Oh, I love this." Was it like one time in like four years? I'm like, oh, that's a good thirty-five dollars down the drain. I don't <laughs> See, know. My sure. mom. I like my shopping mom, for people. I get really I excited. I'm like, I, I get really excited though because I'm like, I got the perfect gift this year. Yes. It's a huge disappointment though on Christmas morning when everyone's like, oh, this is cool. It's I just guess. girls, dude. Like, I, I just because that's the thing is I'm so worried about what people think about me when I'm standing in an aisle that I don't belong in, and I'm like on my phone no trying one, to do no research. One, no, no, hold up. No one's gonna judge you for doing that, especially dude, this time of do, year. Man. This time of year, no one's gonna be like. 
why is this man in the <laughs> why is this suspicious man in the legging section? Like, no, well, everyone knows other, it's Christmas time. The other thing too is my mom historically just asked for really lame gifts. Like, she just asked for things that she needs, not that she like. She has no wants. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. like, like the like the one big thing last year, she wanted a Fitbit. She's maybe worn it twice, and her excuse is that she doesn't know how to use it. And I've shown her how to use it, but she just has no interest in committing to it. Well, so like that, Dude, anytime there's like a good get, like a, if someone like, if she wants something, it just, it's just useless because it never gets used. Well, my brother's the worst because he actually like gets people good gifts. And then I, it, me and my sister kind of just like linger in like the underbelly of that. Like my brother got like my parents, like a nest and like a ring back to back years. And you, okay. My sister just corrected me. She got him the ring. I'm sorry, Aaron. I just assumed it was Kyle, but yeah. It is. It is okay. I am having a full-blown conversation with my sister in the middle of this. <laughs> Unbelievable. But uh, uh, yeah. Um, what's it called? God, I lost my train of thought. But I swear to God, my parents were just like, "Well, you, every single time, my mom said, can you set it up for your dad?'" And then I try and set it up, and I don't know how to set it up, and then I'm losing my mind. I'm like, just have Kyle do it, have Aaron do it, because I can't do it. And then it just becomes this whole thing where I just like am yelling and just. I don't know. I'm just a more angry person when I'm at home. I don't know how it came out, the, like us talking about that, but I just did. I, I I'm quite triggered once I get home to Auburn Hills. Well, you're. I think. I think it's also you know your high strongest the holidays. Is I'm what always high strong. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's the sports gambling. Maybe that's why you're so high strong. My brother's going through the same shit. It's it's just like you know you you say. I'm stuff off that and, game though. I'm off that game. Oh, no, you're not. You'll be back. Unbelievable. Little wink wink there from Collins. Good radio. That was funny. Um, I I, my my Christmas shopping is pretty much over. I still have to get something for my brother Miles, who is impossible to shop for because he's Miles. Um, if anyone's met him. Get him a TikTok gift card. (laughs) Wait, is Miles on TikTok? They have they have gift cards for TikTok. You'll probably take one of those. (laughs) Anywho, I'm done. I'm done. Rabs, you seem like a guy who likes TikTok. No, dude, I I have no interest. I was kidding because you're the oldest person I think I've ever met who's interest. under the age of like 25. Um, dude, uh, the Christmas shopping this year, just battle royale. Like I live, I don't want to, I don't want to give where I live, but 12 Oaks is near my home. 12 Oaks Mall, if you guys are familiar. Yes. That's where like whenever I, whenever I would introduce myself to people in school, I'd be like, yeah, I'm from this location. People know where I live, but. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm why can't location. you see the like, city you live? Right, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't need you live in Novi. Can I say that? <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Cats out of the bag. Relax, dude. When I'm like, I live in Novi. Like, oh yeah. Like 12 Oaks. I'm like, yes, yes, correct. 12 Oaks is in Novi. But I've dude, never been like, to 12 Oaks Mall. Really? Every time I go to Meyer, I just want to buy like stupid food items that I don't need. Yeah, like Cadbury like, eggs. No, not okay, not that. I hate those, but okay. um oh, you don't like every, like when I like you go down like the pasta aisle, you're like maybe you know what? Maybe I like like lat like two weeks ago I bought a flaming hot Cheetos mac oh and cheese. My God. 
and it was at no it wasn't bad it wasn't Dude, bad it did so not a lot gross. of proportion but it's not it looked horrible like the the my pan after I hit was like a crime scene <laughs> it looked like there was blood everywhere but i don't know all right well should we do the sports or should we just we should be a holiday yeah. show well, that's our extravaganza has kicked off welcome welcome one welcome all um here's the big news this was broke trent bally broke this news believe it or not we got the t- Trent. By the way, the way that you texted this to us, I thought that the Red Wings had just like traded Dylan Larkin or something. It was unbelievable. We got, it was like after the Lions game, and Trent just goes wings. Hey, Red Wings. Goes, Red Wings. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, dude, what? I'm scrolling Twitter like, what just happened? But Trent, do you want to break the news to everyone? Well, the Red Wings, the Detroit Red Wings, will be back in action on January yes. 13th, I believe. Correct. Yes, correct. Uh, well, the, finally, the reason after... I texted you wings in all caps and like with exclamation points is because I was basically like saying they're back. I don't know. Yes. I, I, I thought this would be old news to you guys. So I was <laughs> trying to no, break well, it up. I, I, I realized after you had sent it what you were what it was in reference to. Um, but yes, yeah, so finally, after all these talks, and you always you hear the rumors that the NHL is not going to play this year, or whatever. They did get a deal done. They will play 56 games this year, uh, starting on January 13th. I think the coolest thing out of all of this is the realigned divisions, mainly that all the Canadian teams are in one division together. So now they've, they've split the NHL up into four divisions for just this year. You have the East, West, North, which is all the Canadian teams, obviously, and the Central. So Wings will be playing in the Central. Again, 56 games. They play with Black seven Hawks. other teams. That – that is the thing that I am so excited to watch that they're going to get to play the Blackhawks eight times this year. Um, so again, seven teams in their division, including the, or not including the Red Wings, will play eight games against each year, only playing teams in your division. So the Wings will see Carolina, Columbus, Chicago, Dallas, Florida, Nashville, Tampa. Top four teams in each division will make the playoffs. Uh, as far as rosters go, so they, it's, it's the normal 23-man roster. Uh, and then I guess they get to use taxi squads that you can bring like four to six people or four to six players around until the AHL starts, which I think is pushed till the beginning of February. Um, so on that front, I think that like the biggest thing to me is Colin said, I am so excited that you're going to see them play the Blackhawks, which is just fantastic. But this division for the wings, I, I think that they're probably the, – they're, like, by and large the worst team in this division. And it's not just because of the fact that they obviously were the worst team in the NHL last year. It's just, like, all of these teams are legitimate playoff teams. I mean, you have Carolina, who's been knocking on the door of, of making somewhat of a playoff run for the last couple of years. You have Columbus, who's been in it. Chicago, who I would say is – Kind of, kind of in the same spot of the wings, but maybe just a little bit further along as far as some of their young guys are more established. The Brinkett, Kubelik. And they just have Kane. Um, those type of guys. Like top right, Kane, yes, Kane, Taze. Um, Dallas, who just played in the Cup. Florida made some big signings in the offseason. Nashville, who I guess Nashville took a step back last year, but they're usually always hanging around the playoffs. And then you have your defending Stanley Cup champion. So that's cool that Tampa and Dallas are playing in the same division. Um, but I, I just, as, as far as expectations, as far as the Wings making the playoffs and do they have the pieces, the Detroit Red Wings will not be in the playoffs this year. Uh, it's it just, there's no wild card team, so you don't have a way to get in there. I know that, I mean, again, four teams out of the eight will make it out of this conference. It's just not in the cards. The, the conference is too strong, uh, at least in my opinion. 
But I, I was looking at their cap friendly the other day, which is this website where you see contracts and whatnot. And you're looking at guys who, you know, you see all these things on Twitter of, you know, Moritz Sider has had, has had a pretty good run um, as he's on loan playing overseas. Uh, Phillips Adina, same thing, Michael Rasmussen. So a lot of these guys are still playing hockey. Um, they come 2023. I'm going to make this claim on the podcast right now. I am so guaranteeing. I am, well, what is this, the 2021 season technically? What is this? Yeah, I think it'll be 2021. Yes, sorry. Okay, so by 2023, I am guaranteeing the Red Wings will be in the playoffs. Guaranteeing it right here on the podcast. And I, I say that because I say that because after this year, you have a lot of contracts that are coming off the books. For example, Bobby Ryan probably won't be here next year. Adam Ernie, if he doesn't have a spectacular year, I can't imagine he'll be here. Sam Gagne, Luke Lindenning, uh, who's a guy that I know the Wings like a lot to play in that bottom six role, but I don't know if he'll be here. Uh, in two years from now, Franz Nielsen comes off the book. So uh, Mark Stahl, so, like, I'm just looking down the list as far as guys that you no longer are obligated to pay money. And I think that with the guys that you have working their way in the system, your Ciders, your Valenos, your Rasmussen's, your Jonathan Virgins that you probably won't see this year. Um, I, I just think that the space opens up for these guys to get a real shot. And by then, I like to think that they're good enough to have an impact. So I am guaranteeing a Red Wings playoff berth in 2023. I honestly think as, as early as next year, depending on what moves they can make at the deadline as far as moving these contracts they brought on for just a short period of time here, like your Merrills. Um, I don't imagine they'll look to trade Troy Stetcher right away. Um, but between that and you look at continued development from these guys, you have to assume that if you don't have a great year, you're picking, hopefully inside the top 10 this year, um, or at least having, a, a, I would say, a lock for a lottery pick. I mean, who knows? Who knows how they play this year? Um, but I, I really think that this is you're, – you're starting to see the, the, the makings of a team that will come together and have the pieces to, to, to start being in, in the playoff games come 2023. Um, now, with that being said, I think the attention turns to who is going to make this roster for the Wings. I believe they're allowed 36 guys to training camp this year. I'm planning on putting together a Detroit Red Wings season preview, as you guys did for the Pistons last week and two weeks ago. Um, so that will be coming. But, I mean, you get 23 guys. I have to imagine um, – I think the biggest question mark is what they're going to do with Franz Nielsen because – if I'm Jeff Blashill in the Red Wings, I, he's getting healthy scratch every game because he's just eating minutes from guys that could use it. And he has been probably your least productive player outside of just an applicator who I love um, over the last couple of years. So this is where it's going to get tough as far as what does Steve Eisman want to do with a guy like Dennis Chalowski? Because as it sits right now, you have Nemeth, you have Ronick, you have Stetcher, you have the Kaiser, you have Mark Stahl, you have John Merrill. Those guys to me, are probably a lock for your six defensemen just based on money and age. Is the Kaiser alive? Yeah, I, I, I haven't really read much into if he's healthy or not. I have to imagine that I haven't read anything saying that he's not going to play this year or that he's still banged up. But he's got – I believe he's got two years left on his deal. Um, yeah, he does have two years left at $5 million. He's 30 years old, so – I mean, that contract hasn't aged well. But I think if you get a healthy Danny DeKaiser for 56 games, he is serviceable enough to play in your, in your top four defensemen this year. So um, guys like an Alex Biega, who I can't stand that he gets ice time, but he probably will because that's another guy that you're for another year. 
Um, so I don't know if Dennis Chalowski is going to be an every night defenseman for the Red Wings this year. And I believe he's a guy that will be a restricted free agent after this year. So that's a decision that the Wings will have to make. I would like to see him play this year. I think they, they kind of gave him an unfair shake the last couple of years as far as having him brought in the AHL. But there is something to be said about player development. Like He's only 22 years old. Clearly the defensive side of his game really isn't where it should be as he was a constant minus when he was on the ice, when he was playing in NHL minutes. Um, so that's a thing to look at for the defenseman. I don't think you'll see Mo Sider for the entirety of the year. I have to imagine he'll be on the taxi squad. I pretty much, I would say, I guarantee it. And I'm sure that he will be getting minutes throughout the year, but I don't know if he's going to make the, the opening night roster as far as the 23 man roster. Um, and then beside that, I mean, I, I look at this roster at the forward group and you, you look at your bottom two lines, right? So you have like a Sam Gagne, you have a Philpula, you have a Darren Helm. Those are the guys that you're just waiting until their contracts can be off the books. So you can actually insert some younger guys into the lineup and get Michael Rasmussen more time. Um, just as an example, you, you hopefully will see Joe Valeno at, at times this year. Um, but other than that, I mean, you look at your first line, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Mantha's a lock. You'll have Fabry, Nemestikov, and Bobby Ryan somewhere in that, in that top six, the middle six. Um, Philip Zadina is a guy that I would, would hope to see uh, play second line minutes this year. Um, and, then, and then you look to the net. Obviously, Thomas Grice uh, will make his debut as a Red Wing this year. I'm sure that they'll probably use him as the starter over Jonathan Bernier if they don't split equally. Um, and then from there, like, I, I don't, I don't want to bore everyone with Red Wings talks just rambling about the roster, but I really think that in the, the, in the next two years, based on, I mean, they have a ton of draft picks again this upcoming year. Uh, they have contracts. They will try to flip at the deadline inevitably. And I really think come 2023, this team is going to be in the playoffs. So it's just a matter of, uh, of getting rid of some guys that you can now allow space for your younger guys to play minutes. Um, as far as the plan for certain guys, we'll have to wait and see. But the good news as we wrap it up here, the NHL is back. You will see the Red Wings play this year. January 13th, I believe, will be opening night for them. I don't think the schedule's out yet because it's still kind of up in the air. Uh, but good stuff. I'm excited. Everyone should be. I know we had the conversation last week about you're more excited to watch uh, the Red Wings or Tigers. I know I no, kind of backpedaled after, or, or, yeah, I'm sorry, Pistons or, yeah, I know I kind of backpedaled on saying, I initially said the Wings, then Collins talked me into the Tigers. It's going to be a fun team to watch this year. I, I think it is. With an expanded roster, and you hope that guys are going to get time. I, that you, I don't, don't see buy it, that, huh? dude. I don't buy that. I, I don't know. I The wins were so bad last year, and I think they're going to be bad again, and you talked about it. Their division's kind of stacked. Like, it just kind of is. It's a lot of good hockey teams in there. And goaltending, I don't think it's going to be great this year. The defense still kind of stinks. And, and, and what you said, there is promise at the forward position. And, and we're probably not going to see Sider in a huge capacity, even if we do see him this year. So I, I think next year is the, the year it's kind of like, okay, now it's you, you see the footprints of the rebuild. It's kind of going to be like, I, I, I think they got one more year in the basement before we start getting really excited watching Red Wings hockey. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I mean, again, I, I don't know. I don't think that my 2023 prediction, it could be a bold. No, no, no. That's because, not crazy, but I'm saying this year's, I, I think it's not going to be enjoyable to watch Red Wings hockey. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing that it makes it enjoyable for me is a guy like Mark Stahl, not that he's going to be some game breaker that's going to put you, up. You're excited to see 38 year old Mark Stahl. 
it's I, I am because well, dude, it's 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 a fresh face. It's a fresh face to see that's been an established NHL defenseman. I get that in the last couple of years his numbers haven't been there. It's a bad contract on a team that can't afford to take the cap, which obviously the Wings can't afford to take, which is why they 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 traded for him to get the extra pick. But I think between a guy like him, Troy Stetcher, who could use this next year and I guess he's here for two years. So the next year or two to, to, to hopefully springboard himself and say, Hey, I can stick around here and, and be a top six defenseman for you guys. So keep me around. Um, so I just think, I think the new names are what I'm excited to see. Again, I'm not, pro- I'm not telling you that Lucas Raymond is going to get, a, is going to play at all this year. I'm not telling you that more excited there's going to play a lot of games. This year. I'm not telling you that, Joe Valeno is going to be an every night guy this year. Guys that these names that you keep hearing about that you're just like, when are they coming up? Next year is going to be the year with some contracts that are coming off the books that you're going to get to see guys. Like you said, Collins, you're going to see some footprints of, of who are these guys that we've been going to get? Who are these guys that we've, that we've drafted that everyone's keeps stroking like I do on the podcast. And I think if I don't see Valeno a- this year. I'm out, dude. I need to see this, Ted. Well, he, uh, Joe Valeno, I, I believe, is going to be a restricted free agent after this year. I'm going to have to double-check my notes here. He is not, not even close. He's here for, like, three more years on his ELC. So that was genius by me. But uh, other guys, too, like Evgeny Svechnikov, who we brought back for one year, he'll be a restricted free agent after this year as well. So, like, that's a guy that you're, you'll probably see get some minutes because he's trying to prove himself, and the Wings want to see if this is a guy that can stick here, which I think – that's the thing that sucks, too, is Svechnikov was actually playing some really good hockey before he tore his ACL or whatever his knee injury was. So you'd hope to see that he can get back to some type of form that he was before the injury. Taro Hirose, another guy, too. So, like, there's that's, that's I guess, what I'm more excited about, Collins, is just to see these guys that are playing on one-year deals that are going to lead them into their restricted free agent year um, that, that are going to need a chance. Like, you're going to have to see them play in the NHL because they need to show what they're worth. Uh, for the Wings to make a decision going forward. So that's where it's just frustrating seeing guys like, you know, Franz Nielsen on the roster, Phil Pula, who I like Phil Pula as the player, but he's going to eat up third-line yeah, center you minutes that could Mark go Stahl. to like a Joe Valeno. But you want to see a Mark Stahl. What's the difference? <laughs> I like his visor, Mark Stahl. He's got the dark <laughs> visor. He, had the eye he, does have a dark, he does have a dark visor. Either way, Red Wings hockey is is – Around the corner. So get excited. I don't know. I don't know what the plans are for fans. I doubt you'll see fans at LCA this year. I know the Pistons are letting in um, like 250 like friends, family, staff, like that kind of ordeal. Um, So that is what that is. But um, before we move to Lions, I know we do want to touch on the Pistons real quick because I believe they play. What do they play tomorrow? When's the first game, Trent? Tomorrow. It is tomorrow as we record on a Tuesday. So tonight for most people who are listening to this. So what are we thinking? What are we feeling? What do you, what do you I got? I feel great, dude. I feel great. <laughs> I feel – I can't wait. I can't wait to watch this Pistons team start off the year 7-3 and three and then they, like, trade the entire team. Yeah, we've talked about how, like – And then I can't wait to see Seiku be the best player in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about how this team, like, has potential to get off to a hot start just because that's what the Pistons always do. But if, like, you actually look at the schedule, they play the Timberwolves on Wednesday – the Cavaliers the day after Christmas, and then the Hawks. So they absolutely – Real exciting could, basketball. They could yeah, start like Are you kidding old. me? I can't wait to hear George Blahad's special K. Are you yeah. kidding me? Well, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm pumped for it too. Uh, there's not, not a whole lot. We went over the Pistons uh, season preview last week, so if anyone wants a little insight from Collins and I on how the season is going to go, go check that episode out. 
But um, all in all, it's just going to be a fun year to watch these young guys grow. This season is not really about team expectations. It's more about individual expectations for these young players. You've got a core group of like eight guys who are 25 or younger. So it's just going to be really fun to watch Killian Hayes, uh, Sekou Dumboya, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, uh, Jaleel Okafor, Josh Jackson, all these guys. So um, it, it, I'm, I'm excited. I'm just happy the NBA is finally back. Um, or the Pistons, rather. You know, the NBA has only been gone for about two months. But the Pistons have not played since February, March, so almost a year. Uh, so I'm really excited to watch some Detroit basketball tomorrow. I, hey, Trent, yeah. since the last time we talked, there's been a couple re- uh, preseason games. Yes. General reactions, it's going to take Killian Hayes' time. Yep. I think they're going to play him a lot. Like, yeah, he's going to start. He's going to start and probably play about 30 minutes a game, it looks like. Which is going to be interesting. Yes. So I think it's uh, great, though. If you, if you compare it to, you know, I, I know we always use the classic Stan Van Gundy with Stanley Johnson metaphor, but it's like I'd rather have these guys play out the, the wrinkles, you know, than just, than just keep yanking them back onto the bench and only throwing them out there for three minutes at a time. Like, I don't think that's necessarily how you develop these young guys. So I am excited to watch Killian Hayes play. And, yeah, there are going to be a lot of frustrating moments, I'm sure, because he's a rookie point guard in this league. But I, I also think that he's relatively up to speed already in terms of how the pro game is played. You know, he played professionally overseas. And I'm just – I'm ecstatic, man. I don't know how many times I can say it. I'm just excited to watch these guys play. I think the team wins about 23 games this year. Not great. But um, it's something to work with. The Pistons are finally committing to the rebuild that's happening, and it starts tomorrow. Can't wait. And I think Seku's I, – I want this on the record. I think Seku's going to be a really, really good player. I, and you kind of saw flashes of it, and you've kind of seen it a little bit flashes of it during the preseason. I'm not going to put, like, that much stock into it. But, like, just the eye test, he looks like he's going to be able to be an efficient shooter from the yep. three-point line. And, and, and he has a good feel for the game. So I just wanted that on the record that Sekou Demboye will be an impact player for this organization. That's two years. And that's, like, ten years. Yep. Closing remarks from me would just be Sekou Demboya and Killian Hayes. Those are the two guys that you got to watch this year. Like that is your, that's your core moving forward. Well, I, I, yeah. 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 The French also, connection, baby. The French connection. We also didn't talk about this. Delon, right. Who's on the Pistons. He's actually like good. He'll be a guy you'll watch. You're like, Oh, this right guy. Kind of nice. I forgot you know what? I, I had a, um, I had a fantasy basketball draft. Cause I'm doing that with some buddies and Delon. I had right, Delon. He's on my team too, Tron. He was the highest-rated Piston. Like he was above Blake. He was above Derrick Rose. I, I, I was like, okay, I, I, I guess. I don't because you know, of course, knowing me, the first thing I do when I have these fantasy leagues is I go through and queue every single Piston and I queue every single Lion so I can keep like an eye on where they're going. And then if if I if I'm close and it's not too unreasonable, I just reach and I take them. And that's also why I went three and ten in fantasy football this year. But that's neither here nor there. Whatever. That's our Pistons talk, unless you guys have anything else to add. Nope. nope. I'm all set. Pistons and Timberwolves tomorrow. They tip off at 8 p.m., tomorrow being Wednesday. So, uh, there it is. Real quick, before we move into Lions, I have some college football news. Collins, did you see this? Don Brown is out at Michigan. Yeah, Ooh, cool. the Don Collins Brown defense? Collins doesn't care. I really don't care. I mean, <laughs> that's like the one thing I think I very, like, I'm very different than a lot of Michigan State fans. You like, just don't care. They don't occupy brain space. I, like, I hate Michigan, and I hope they lose basically every single time they take the field. I do, but at the same time, like, I don't, like, care, care, like, 
Oh, Don, like, uh, by the way, Don Brown's not the, Josh Gaddis is a bigger problem than Don Brown for all those Michigan fans out there. But yeah, eh, good riddance, Don. Had a nice little run. All right. <laughs> let's do, uh, let's do the team that we actually care about. The Detroit Lions uh, lost the Titans on Sunday, 46 to 25. They're five and nine on the year. Uh, we'll give some thoughts on the game. Two talking points here, though. Uh, Lions will fire their special teams coordinator, Braden Coombs. Uh, did you guys did you guys read into that of why that happened? I did. I did. And this is unbelievable. This is why I'm upset with their own <laughs> level, but I'll let I'll let you get into it, and we'll. No, no. I want. We should, Trent, explain it to the people, and I want to see why you're upset about Daryl Bevel. Yes, why do you want Daryl Bevel dead and his kids to not go to college? (laughs) Daryl Bevel basically showed why he's a loser and why he will not get another. Let me me explain this. Let me explain this. Just the phrase, you're a loser, is so hurtful. Like, you loser. He is a loser. He's a loser, and and I'm now going to rope him in with Patricia and Pascaloni and the dumpster fire that was. Oh, my God. Because, listen. That has been good as an OC. What are we talking about? I I tooted his horn last year when Matthew Stafford missed eight games and Daryl Bevel still had the Lions in a top ten passing attack. I, I get it, dude. Coming into this year, he was one of the big reasons for my optimism. It's like, you know, you got Hawkinson and Marvin and Kenny and Stafford and this new Swift guy. Like, I was excited for all this kind of stuff. And then you add AP, and we obviously know that that didn't age too well. But Daryl Bevel, we all know, we've watched this offense this year, kind of took a nosedive. But when Patricia was fired, he was the guy. We all kind of were like, yeah, he's got to be the next the interim, at least, for his little five-game audition or whatever the hell he called it. So here's the thing. We all knew before this little five-game audition began, that he would at least have to go, like, four and one to even consider him to keep his job, correct? Like, if you, if you, go, if you go two and three or three and two, I'm not impressed. I'd rather just yep. an outside hire, and I want to start over, okay? So, Daryl Bevel now, uh, going into Sunday, was one and one, all right? Beat the – what? who did we beat? I don't even – the Bears. Beat the Bears and then lost to the Packers, okay? So, that's kind of where you're at. And then <laughs> we come into this last game, okay, and the Lions, Matthew Stafford is playing, and it kind of shocked the world because he wasn't really supposed to play, right? Crack ribs and everything, and I'm sure we'll get to all that. We all love him. He played through it. And the Lions were in position to maybe upset a, 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 a good Titans team, okay? I believe when the fake punt happened, you were down 14 with, like, eight minutes left in the game. I don't know. It's basically do or die though. Okay. I mean, it was like seven thirty something like that. You're right. Whatever. It's like, there's a, there's a relatively reasonable amount of time to score two touchdowns. Okay. If your defense can somehow get a stop, whatever. So first of all, I'm already thinking in my head, dude, just go for it. It was fourth and six. What do you have to lose? Nothing. Time's ticking. His job is on the line, right? Cause if, if the, again, if the lions don't win these games, he's, he's not going to get the job and I don't think he should get it anyways. But, I mean, at this point, I don't even think you should be considered for it. And here's why. You, you, I'm, I'm just thinking go for it on fourth and six. Braden Coombs, who, who has really been a lone bright spot for this Lions coaching staff this season, the special teams unit has been incredible, right? Block punts, uh, you know, uh, Matt Prater misses field goals, but whatever. Jack Fox is the best punter in the whole league, just made a Pro Bowl. How are you? So it's like he wanted to call the fake punt, didn't run it by Bevel, okay? So I understand why Bevel would be a little upset that, that Coombs went ahead and did it. But you know what? The Lions got a first down on it. It wasn't ruled a first down. Yeah, they did. Challenge the call, man. This is, so so here's, yes. here's, my, here's my thing with Bevel. 
it, just when we thought we were past all this ego maniac bullshit with Matt Patricia, okay, he's bigger than the team, right? He, it's his way or the highway. Just when we think we're past that, we got Daryl Bevel here who won't challenge this play when it's clearly a first down. The Lions sideline's going ballistic. Your whole season, any, any, any little glimmer of hope that you can go 8-8 eight and eight or anything is on the line, and you don't challenge it because you're trying to prove your point to this guy who made the right decision to go for it and have some balls because he actually wants to win the football game. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's – you, you – you should have gone for it as it was on fourth and six. It doesn't matter. What do you have to lose? No one's going to blame you if you go for it, okay? He didn't. He elected to punt. Braden Coombs says, all right, dude, we'll pull out a fake punt because we haven't done it once all year. Or, you know, like we got something up the sleeve. C.J. Moore runs right, gets the first down. It's close. I'll give that to the refs, whatever. It's close. It's at least worth a second look. And you got both your challenges left. It is the fourth quarter. It's It's the twilight era of your little – head coaching job here in Detroit, and, and I, I'm dumbfounded. I just don't get it. It's, it's, it's putting his ego above the team, saying, this is my way, this is how we're going to do it, and you thought we were getting rid of all that, right? And after, after Bevel was 1-0, and oh, and we saw all these players super excited and happy, him, his hair's on fire. What are you saying? I said transformer Trent because you were cutting out. Oh no, that's not good. You're Whatever. Good. You're good now. You're good now. But I'm, what's I'm, the call? I get what I'm you're done. I'm done rambling. I'm just upset that Bevel didn't challenge that call. It's a losing play. It lost the Lions the game. Or I'm not gonna say it lost the Lions the game, but it, it 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 diminished all the Lions. Like it completely destroyed our chances of competing in that game and keeping your season alive. Like any hope you had left was gone because Daryl Bevel was too proud to challenge a play. And then, you know, you fire the guy the next day. You fire Braden Coombs. Like, it just, it's, it's classic BS. You hire our best, you, excuse me, you fire our best coach the next day <laughs> because he made a winning decision to go for it, got it, refs didn't call it. It is your responsibility as a head coach to challenge that play and he didn't do it. I don't know. I, I'm very curious. There's something else that had to happen because I, like, him calling a play without running it by anyone, like, yeah, that's a serious offense, but. For what they've been this year, like from a special team standpoint, that's like not fireable enough because they've just been really good. So mm-hmm. something else has to be there. I, I, there had to be some sort of distance out there. I don't believe there's this one play. And you're probably like he should have challenged it. And I think that honestly probably gives you a better representation of why they didn't challenge it because there was more like Bevel was probably like, what the hell just happened? Like, you know, what are we doing here, guys? Like, can you at least run it by me? I don't know. I'm not mad. I mean, I don't think they were going to win the game regardless. I mean, they couldn't stop me running the football, like not just yeah. Derrick Henry. So it didn't really matter. Um, yeah, you're probably right. Like, I don't really – and you see Chad Fotts get nominated to the Pro Bowl, and he said, I want to thank Braden Toombs, whatever this guy's name is, best coach I've ever had. Like, I think that was kind of a shot across the bow at Daryl Bevel. So, I, I mean – it is what it is. I think it was also I've heard because he was trying to interview for other jobs. Yeah. Like well, he that. he deserves to at least be an offensive coordinator, like get a shot at like a better job than being a special teams guy. Because like you said, I mean, he was the best coach on this entire staff this year. So you have to at least like take that into account. He called a winning play 
and it worked, dude. Like, it worked. And then we got Bevel over here trying to run his own. I, I just – I don't get it. I don't understand. Raps, can you, can you enlighten us at all? <laughs> Well, first of all, I, I don't, I don't, I want to make sure that we get the the wording correctly. It wasn't, I don't think, at least from what I read, that it wasn't that Coombs didn't run run it by Bevel. It's that Bevel called for a punt and Coombs went over his head and said, "We're going to fake this." So it's, I think that's imp- important to note because that to me is yes. If you're if you are a special teams coordinator for this football team and the head coach tells you this is what I want you to do your job is not to go I think you're wrong let's do this your job is to go put your punt team out that you have coached up to to, to properly cover a punt and whatever you know whether you're, you're going max pump protect or you're just going you send everyone downfield whatever your whatever your pump protection is that's your job so on that front I do understand why Daryl Bevel was one upset and pissed off at the call I just don't know. You guys said it perfectly. This he has been your best coordinator slash coach on the staff this year. So well, that, that's that's for me. I understand merit though. Yeah, like that's where I can understand why right. he did that. But I but I, I I understand the sentiment that when you bring in a new head coach and you bring in a new GM in whatever order you do it. The, the likelihood that Braden Coombs is going to be around is up in the air because obviously the head coach and the GM want to bring in their own guy. So do I think it would have been worth keeping him around? Absolutely, because he's been great this year. But I think when you see, when you see someone do something like that, like that, that just, it's just a Bush League move. If your head coach tells you, especially a guy that's been in the league for probably longer for than this guy's been alive, Braden Coombs, because he is a young guy, when your head coach tells you to punt, you punt the ball. You don't go over his head. I, I agree with, with, the, with the call that Coombs made that they should have tried to go for. What do you have to lose? You're losing by double digits. The game's pretty much over. If you convert on first down, you give yourself a chance to at least keep the drive going. But to Bevel's point, he said that, you know, Stafford had taken some big hits in the game. He didn't want to put him on the field on fourth down and risk something like that. So I, I get both sides of it. They should have challenged it. I don't believe that, that Bevel was like, oh, we're not going to challenge this because you called it and I didn't want it. I don't think that's the case. But it's, it's just funny how this guy's, this guy's been the head coach for two weeks, and the fact that he gets to make a call like that with three games left to play in the year is just ridiculous. Like, why, why, like how, the, how is that Daryl Bevel's call to make? That let's get rid of our special teams coordinator that our GM or new head coach might want to keep around like let's just get rid of them so that that to me is just stupid and it was just so such unnecessary drama that just very par for the course for the Lions but on some positive news you guys mentioned that Jack Fox is a pro bowler uh TJ Hawkinson and Frank Ragnow are also pro bowlers I think very well deserved I think TJ Hawkinson while there's always going to be that discussion of was he worth the pick where he was taken which the answer might always be no just from the circumstances of taking a tight end that high in the draft. I don't know if there's any tight ends besides Travis Kelsey and maybe George Kittle that are worth maybe Darren Waller too. Um, I don't know if TJ Hawkins is going to be one of uh, that caliber, but if, if he isn't an elite tight end, he will certainly be a, a tier one tight end um, for years to come. So well-deserved for him. Frank Ragnow is your best offensive lineman. He's truly one of the best offensive linemen in the league. And I hope that he's here for, Years and years and years playing through fractured throats. And I didn't you know you could fracture your throat, but 
I don't think anyone did. It was a shocking thing. Yeah, yes. Everyone's like, medical discovery. Yeah. Medical discovery. Now the first person to fracture. Yeah, so I think all very well deserved for those three guys. It's nice to see some Lions representation. There's no one that I thought got snubbed from the Lions, and I I think all three of these guys deserved it. So I don't know what else there is to say on the Pro Bowler front. But um, unless you guys have things to add there, if we have some thoughts on the games and just how the team looked, and then we can move into the picks. I'll say Marvin this, Jones, Marvin Jones deserved to make the Pro Bowl, and Marvin Jones is better than Kenny Galladay. And, and it was a perfect time for Marvin to have a day because I, I, it, was, it was great. It was perfect timing. Impeccable are you, timing. Actually, are you being serious that Marvin Jones deserved to be in the Pro Bowl? No. Okay. No, no, no. I, I just want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, okay. I I, I'll just say this. I mean, when you look at, like, what TJ Hopkinson has done, I've been very critical of TJ Hopkinson. And just like the draft pick, and you're right, Ravs, you said it perfectly. But I mean, you're not gonna like regret taking a productive player, a pro bowl. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, there's that's and smart. he's like, if he is gonna end up being that top ten pick that everyone wants him to be, this is a hell of a start. You're a pro bowler in your second season, so that's definitely something to look at. Well, he's obviously a guy who can go. He's a good pass catching tight end. I haven't seen the blocking part of that, like really magnified, but I, I don't know who, like what they're doing in their running steam and all. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't tell you if he's a good blocker or not. Like, I'm not qualified. So, I mean, just for TJ Hopkinson, you got to give him credit. Like, regardless, like a guy like me who thinks that was a bad pick, and I will always, like, never understand taking a tight end at seven. It's kind of like taking a cornerback at three. Like, it, it's just like the, the positions, like, doesn't meet the value. But, I mean, if he's productive, you can't knock him. And he's been productive this year. Yep. I, uh, I think I said it during the game. I don't know if I texted you guys. But it, the, the one thing with TJ Hawkinson, it always seems like for every great play he makes, he makes one equal and oppositely, like, bad play, whether it's like a holding call on a, on a run play or it's a drop ball or it's a fumble like he had in the game. But, yeah, I think well-deserved. And, again, if – there's the, the tight end position outside of, honest to God, in my opinion, I think it's Travis Kelsey, and then I think it's, like, Kittle and Waller, and then, like, there's your tier one. Like, I, I, I just don't think that there's anyone in the league at the tight end position that is on the same level as Travis Kelsey. And, and, of course, you have to give him credit, or you have to give credit to Patrick Mahomes and that offense. Because I think awesome. he's set up for success. Like, I don't think that he's – like, Kelsey's more of an athletic – or talented, like naturally talented receiver than maybe George Kittle is. But as far as production, like it doesn't get better than him. So I think Hawkinson's definitely, you know, in the conversation of being one of the better tight ends in the NFL. Um, for Only me, just quick thoughts on too. the game. Only a second yeah, exa- exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, for quick thoughts on the game for me, and the reason why it's so quick, and it's probably the shortest list of notes that I've ever had in my entirety of doing this podcast on a game, because I just don't know what, what you expect Nothing anymore new. to change. Like, it, it, the, the, like the offense, every single week I watch the offense, you know, I, DeAndre Swift is very promising, two touchdowns in that last game. Um, obviously, you know, he only ran for like 60-some yards. So you'd like to see more on that front, but the Lions are always playing from behind. So – He's been a tremendous bright spot. Um, Marvin Jones had a, ter- had a terrific game. So there are pieces on offense. We've said this for weeks that I think that you can go into next year feeling, feeling very, very good about. You need to get faster. You need to cut ties with Danny Amendola. If Marvin Jones walks, so be it. If Kenny Galladay walks, 
then it's a different discussion um, because that's a guy that you probably should keep around. But I don't want to keep beating that dead horse. I like like I, just the the defense. I again, I, I've said the same thing about this team and this defense for the entire year. And the more and more I watch this defense, I would just love to like run into Matt Patricia in public and go, dude, like you, like how are you that fucking bad at your job? Like they're they have like there's no there's no inkling that this defense has any clue what they're doing on the field. The scheme doesn't work. They don't have the personnel to to, to fit the scheme, and they're they, they stink. Like their players stink. I, we talked about Romeo Quara had a terrific play to, to force a safety in that game. Between him, I know Julian Aquara has maybe played like one or two games this year. Austin Bryant made a big play early. Deshaun Hand, you can love him, you can hate him. Uh, John Penasini's been decent. Outside of that, and like I know you have to keep Okuda around. I mean, you know, Aruwarie for is is maybe mediocre as he's been. Has been your best cornerback. Justin Coleman is a completely different player than he was last year. These guys suck. Like, I, I, it's so hard to watch. And I get that you're playing probably the best running back in the NFL right now. But just, just, the, just the way that they get beat and how easy it is for teams to drive the field on this team. And they, they showed up. I was thinking of Will Collins when they, they showed some clip that Jelani Tavai was, like, actually lost in coverage to where he like bit on like he like bit on play action and he like looked behind him and realized oh shit the guy I'm supposed to cover is 15 yards behind me they are just so it's so bad they're so slow the linebacking core especially has no concept of how to play coverage defense and they when it, when they try to play zone they have guys that, that, that just sit down in the middle of the zone that are wide open by 15 yards. When they play man-to-man, they get burned. They have uh, Corey Unlin. You want to fire Braden Coombs. Okay, Corey, Corey Unlin should have been on the flight with Matt Patricia when they sent them to wherever Matt Patricia is right now on, on his desert island somewhere, often God knows where. So he should have been on that flight with Bob Quinn and, and Matt Patricia. But I'm, I'm sick of it. And that's why, you know, if you want to bring in Sala as your next head coach, I'm all for it. Because this defense, you got to – I mean, the, the bend don't break shit don't work in today's NFL. Because you got guys like Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson and even guys like Baker Mayfield that will light you up if you let guys sit down in the middle of zones with no one within 10 yards of them. Or you play man-to-man, you can't cover anyone. So – the defense needs to get fixed. That's your number one priority. Even if – I don't even, like, you want to talk about who the, who the Lions should take with their first pick in this upcoming draft. I'm fine with you taking an edge rusher, but my God, do you need help with the linebacking position? Because Jamie Collins ain't the answer. Jelani Tavai had some flashes last year, but God, does he look bad. Jared Davis should not be around here for more than a second after this season is over. And between Reggie Ragland and whoever else you brought into this offseason – they stink too. So move on. That's your first priority. I'm just sick and tired of watching it. Like, and it's actually sickening to watch how bad the defense is because you need to give your offense a shot. They never have the ball in their hands. You actually, I believe the Lions did dominate time of possession in that game, at least in the first half. But for the love of God, man, like, I don't know. I don't know who you think the Lions are that they can, they can hang 50 points on a team to overcome a 46-point deficit. Like, my God, are they bad. Well, you know, you're, you're, you're right Holy about something. You're, you're right about the time of possession because it really helps 
when the Titans have a one-play drive because Deron Harmon gets absolutely <laughs> yes. burned. Yes, exactly. And, and yeah, yes. It's, dude, it's stuff like that. I'm so with you. I mean, we've beat the dead horse all year, so I won't get too much into it. But I've got my list of Detroit Lions, okay? I basically got, basically got four tiers, okay, on this team. I've got guys I need to see back next year. Hence, yep. there's, like, there's like four, okay, and they're all on offense. And then I got my list of guys who, like, I would tolerate if they're back. And then guys who need to get the hell out of here, and then guys who want killed. Okay? Those are the four. Yeah, what's what's the difference between guys who need out of here and what's the fourth tier? Guys who need to retire. They lock them in the basement and don't feed them water. That's what we're Guys guys who need to get out of Detroit, and then guys who just straight up can't play football anymore need to retire. Adrian Peterson, case in point. And maybe Matt Prater. But I'll, I'll say I moved around Harmon from the tolerate into, like, needs to get out just because of this game alone. He stinks. But, <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, it was laughable. I, I, rest my, I, I don't have anything to add. Rabs, you're yeah, I, dude, that's the thing. I actually I don't, I, enjoy watching the offense. Like, I actually enjoy watching Stafford go to work. And you guys know I love Marvin. So, this is just it's, – it's fun. Dude, how about Stafford? Swift is electric, but the defense can't get a stop one time ever never makes plays either by the way like if you watch other teams you know like they'll have like electrifying interceptions they'll they'll strip sack like they, the lions defense does none of that stuff man that so that's it how about stafford's throw to marvin jones by the way was sick. which well, what's it yeah, called i, I wanted to pass oh, I, I, me and uh trent kind of talked about this yesterday when we did green and white and, and the world of Isaac, probably like my favorite Detroit like sports like centralized Twitter account. Like I just think he's so funny. Um, he was like, "It just sucks that we wasted Safford's career." Yeah. It, 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 it's and, and I didn't come to a realization, and it like gets me actually animated because I gotta hear like the old guys like, "Oh, Safford's not a winner" and stuff like that. Yeah, like guess what? He's not a generational quarterback but he's a very good quarterback and the Detroit Lions wasted him for 14 years. It sucks. And I don't know, I don't like know how to describe it, but it, it makes me so upset. Like you and guess what? They're probably and it's sad because you can see the writing on the wall. Like even if the Lions keep tweeting out, "Oh, that's our quarterback." Oh, the, like they're probably moving on from him this offseason. And I know we're going to talk about it once the season's over a lot more. But it just sucks and, and I actually – you kind of got to appreciate it this weekend, kind of. Like, you know, it's like Andy Bernard. It's like I wish they told you when the good times were, like, during the good times. Like, I, yeah, I wish there was a, a way to know that you're in the good old days before they're actually over. <laughs> yeah, it was like that. It was like, like Stafford's banged up. Like, he surprisingly plays and he comes out in balls. That's just kind of what he did over the course of like the last like, seven yeah, probably, years. Especially. Literally, probably like his second or third best game of the whole season was was yeah. on Sunday with, with I had my my fractured my, my buddy texted me my buddy texted me today while I was at the gym again sup ladies um, but he was like he was like can you imagine like just imagine how like with Matthew Stafford is there ever been a fan base that has loved the guy more to the point where they actually don't want him on the team so that he can succeed. Like that's how sad the Lions are. Like it's like him and Ray Bork. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it, dude, Collins. That is for hockey people out there. It is the exact same thing. People in Detroit that are not clueless and actually watch the team play and understand that Matthew Stafford doesn't beat good teams. He doesn't. 
He doesn't win playoff games. Well, there's also 21 other guys in the field that play with him every week that have never been good around him. But it's like between him and like Ray Borg's a good example. I want Matthew Stafford out of here for the sake for the sake of him being able to succeed and go Listen. to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. And trust me, I want him to be the guy here when when the Lombardi Trophy is lifted over whoever the was playing for the Lions in whatever year. When that trophy goes up with, with the Lions, I want him to be the guy holding the trophy first because I I think that every like if there were ever if you believe in destiny or fate, I believe my destiny is what if the, if the Lions were to win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, I think I would evaporate. Like, I think my purpose on earth would have been filled. And I would just like, you guys would like blink or be like, wow, Rabs, I can't believe it. And I would be gone. But my clothes would be on the ground and my soul would like, that's it. The, yeah, listen, if the Lions I, were to win a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, I would be like dead. That's how I would die. I would, my body would not be able to handle the emotional strain that would be put on myself watching Matthew Stafford win the Super Bowl for the Lions, I would be dead. But in a good way. I would, like, evaporate, like, in the mist. I'd be, like, mist. Well, me, me and my buddies have a joke that, like, I'll be on my deathbed someday and the Lions will finally win. I'll be, like, hanging on by a thread. The Lions clock will hit zero, yeah. Clock, and you clock hits away. zero, I put a fist <laughs> yeah. in the air, and I just slowly <laughs> breathe. I just stop breathing. I just, I just, I just go off. One last forever. one pride escape yeah. from your mouth. Yeah, and, but I'll say this. And and we, we should do a full Matthew Stafford segment like after the season in, in a couple well, weeks. Well, if they get if they get rid of him, I'll come on here and stroke him for three straight hours. Well, dude, the thing here's my thing though. Like <laughs> the, the people who say the people who are like, yeah, I, I want I want him to find a new home so that he can succeed. Okay, for his sake, sure. But I don't. Like, no, you don't. No, you're, no, Trent, you're no, completely no, right. No, I don't. Collins, let me let me say when you if, you know the whole saying like if you love something, set it free. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's true, that's true 99% of the time. Not when you're the worst fucking franchise in the history of American yeah. sports. You hang on to everything you get. Yeah. It doesn't come around very often, and you got to try to run it back, man. That's why I want to run it back with the offense next year. But whatever. We're going to get into but all no, this it's stuff. A, we got a couple no, weeks Trent, to digest and watch this play out and finish. But No, but Trent, I, I actually agree what you said. Like, there's a, if you lost them, instead of free. Like, I'll, if Stafford leaves and goes win, I'll be, like, you'll be, like, genuinely, like, good for him. And then there'll be 10 seconds where that, like, you have that thought. You're like, no, good for him. And then you, and then I remember what cry. it felt like when – no, no. And then what I, I remember what it felt like when Justin Verlander won a World Series with the Astros. And I was, like, in my bed devastated because yeah. we're, like <laughs> – and when Matt Scherzer and Anibal Sanchez are crying to each other, we got one. We got one. And I'm just in – disarray disheveled like that, absolutely broken inside if i watch matthew safford like in a denver broncos jersey holding lombardi trophy i'm gonna be like what, what do i do what's the point of this what is the point of life like why why like i anyone who's like i would be happy to see him win a talk yeah i'd be happy for him as like a human being because he's had to deal with the detroit lions for about 15 yep. years but as a fan selfishly i would want to put a bullet in my brain i'm sorry yep, yep. And, and and that 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 Verlander example is perfect because that 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 is literally it's stung. I hated that. If if you love something, set it free works with like unless if, you're if, a bozo fan like we are. Well, unless no, you're it, like it, an irrational human like we are. It works. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it works in sports too with certain things like like after LeBron won the title in Cleveland and then went to LA. Like, how can any Cleveland fans be mad if Big Ben wants to keep playing football, but the Steelers literally are just like, dude. 
we want to move on, then, yeah, then, but, then but, it works like, there. Did okay? any of those Cleveland fans were like, oh, I'm happy LeBron got another one in L.A. Well, he left us with this garbage of a team. Like, that's, no, that's they're not. They're like, though. what? No, no. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, you're yeah, like, I wish he was still, uh, like, our guy. Yes. Like, no one well, – no, you know, But, but, no, but people – because he won one, you're a little more at bay with letting him go. You're a little more at peace. No, no, yes, if, yes, yeah, yes. Dude, Pete LeBron, people, people love LeBron. Like, what, what Cleveland Cavaliers fans were like, LeBron's the reason why this team's not winning the NBA championship. Or, like, they need to move on from LeBron. No one. Those people don't exist. But you have your Waterford Lions fans that I got to look on Twitter like, hey, if they stop. had some hey, – like, hey, those, hey. like – all right, I won't take Lions shots at the Waterford Lions fans. Waterford Lions fans are all in on staff. But there are there it's are the people Metro Detroit. It's like the there's know. there's people in this fan base that genuinely believe if the Lions had a different quarterback that they would be winning like playoff game after playoff game. So to those people, I hope that Matthew Stafford goes elsewhere and wins a Super Bowl because part of my French, but he can take the Lombardi Trophy spit shine a bit and shove it up their ass because it's bullshit that there's people in this town that think the lions aren't good because of this guy the guy that plays with broken thumbs and broken ribs and broken backs every single week for an organization that has not given him a damn thing i okay i just want to say this i i agree with all that like the sentiment of what you said the people who think the Lions are bad because Matthew Stafford and they haven't been successful are complete morons and they just don't watch the games. I agree with that. But at the, in, in the same sense, there's also been an overcorrection where it's like this guy, like he's a tie, he's been a top five quarterback the last 10 years. That's not true. Like he's been good. He's been a very good player. And, 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 and I hate to say this, but in 2014, they got screwed in Dallas. I understand that. But that team was they, – they should have won the division that year anyway. They really should have. That was the best they, – they had the best team in the division. They didn't win it. And some of that falls on Matthew Stafford. That, like, some of that – like, not getting them to that, like, tier in 2011 and 2014 when they actually had opportunities in the playoffs and won a couple of games, that falls on Stafford. Them not getting it done on Sunday night football with an opportunity to win the division – I understand that there was, like, not a lot of time in possession, but Matthew Stafford misses a big pass to Golden Tate down the sideline. That's on set. Like, those moments happen. There's been an overcorrection. Like, it, it, we can – there could be somewhere in the middle where it's, like, he's good. You get weapons around him. He can definitely lead you to a Super Bowl. But he's not in that other tier. I just I, – I just lastly, we always talk about this. Yeah. I just want to say. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say, I don't have much to add on that. I mean, I – I, I could. I mean, we, Collins and I could go full gloves off, but I guess we'll yeah. save that for later. Yeah. I, I agree with most of what you said. All right. Good stuff. Uh, let's do the picks, uh, and then we'll move on to the trifecta. Um, leaderboard, Ryan Collins, 13 and 15. Trent, you are 14 and 14. Now, there is a little bit of uh, – we have a little discrepancy here. I said on the podcast last week that if Matthew Stafford played, I was going to take the over. I did take the under. I was adamant that I was taking the under, but I threw in that Stafford was taking the was or if Stafford played, I would take the over. Now I gave myself Can't two losses. I gave myself good. two losses. Hey, okay, so okay, I, okay, good, good, good. You guys are both shaking your head. Like Trent thinks I'm a scumbag. All right, no, so I'm listen, we could all be like, listen, we could all sit here and be like, yeah, if Stafford okay, plays, I, I, I'll yeah, take the all over. Right, all right, 
I'm 16 and 12, 16 and 12. Um, Bucks and Lions, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, Tampa with a great comeback win over shocking the Atlanta Falcons, unfortunately for them, who have seemed to have lost every game in that fashion this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Bucks, I believe, if they are not already in a playoff spot, they are right on the brink of one. Um, so this game, Tampa Bay is a 9.5-point favorite at Ford Field. The total is 54 points. Collins, we'll start with you. Uh, uh, give me the uh... – is Stafford going to play this week, Ethan? Did they take? I thought they took him out because he was hurt. I might. It might have been just for precaution. I didn't really. I think it was probably precautionary. I didn't. I didn't see that he was like re-injured. Yeah. So I, I, if Stafford plays, I actually think they cover this line. I do think it goes over. I, I don't necessarily think they win because this defense can't stop anyone. But like Tampa is kind of like a decent matchup for the Lions. Because they don't really stretch you out on a de- like on the offensive side of the field, and they can't really run the football all that well. So like they they have a pretty good defense, but I think the Lions' offense can kind of keep up with it. And the pay- I, I I think like they went on a last second field goal to be honest. So I like the Lions here. Yeah, I like the Lions to cover, and I like the over simply because the the Bucks defense hasn't really it's really dropped off since about week four or five. And then, you know, I, Tom Brady, he's obviously still really – he's – I'm not going to say really good. He's still a good quarterback. Bruce Arians is misusing him. And well, I hate yes, Brady, and, but it's so obvious. He's misusing the whole offense. Like, the, you got Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Godwin. And knowing this Lions defense, each one of those guys will have a play of, like, 60 yards or more. So, I mean, there's going to be big plays here. But that's a big line, and I think the Lions will cover it. I don't think they win. But, but, this is a, a fun little Saturday game. So, I, I'm going to pick the Lions to cover. It goes over. The Lions maybe cause a little trouble for the for the Buccaneers in their in their playoff seating. We'll see. Um, I'll take the over because I am so sick and tired of getting burned on the totals. I just like my my. I haven't lo- had a total all year. <laughs> well, my my logic is like the Lions can't stop anyone, uh, but like they like they might not score enough points. No, clearly the Lions' offense can keep pace with teams for the most part. It gets out of hand when your defense is as bad as the Lions' defense is. I'm taking the over at 54. My gut tells me to take the Lions. I thought that 10.5 last week with the Titans was was too big as well, and the Titans covered easily. My gut tells me to take the Lions here to cover. I just think that the, the defense is so, so bad. And I have seen Tampa play some really, really poor offensive games this year. And I don't disagree with you, Collins, as far as it being a better matchup for the Lions than people might think because people expect the Tampa Bay to be this juggernaut coming in. Coming in. Um, but I do think Tampa Bay needs this game to obviously stay in the playoff hunt or, to, or at least secure their spot. I'm going to take Tampa to cover. I'm going to take the over. Um, I just I, th- I have zero faith in this Lions defense and Corey Unlin and whoever else works for that man. So um, that's that for me. Um, without further ado, let's do Trent's trifecta. Uh, Trent, I don't know if you have a holiday extravaganza version, um, but whatever you got for us. Well, of, of course. Of, of course it is holiday extravaganza-ish. Um, uh, Trent's trifecta, welcome in. Thanks for coming. How are we? Question number one. What is the number one thing on your Christmas list? Like at the top, you got to have it this year. You're going to be upset. Well, I number one for me is I wanted a new Xbox, but I'm not going to get it because you just can't <laughs> get it. So it makes yeah. me sad that I have to say that. But um, other than that, I don't know. A nice like, shirt, a nice crisp shirt. 
Just usually at Christmas, Jeez, at least for me. so sad, Colin. Like, no, at least for Christmas, I usually ask for, like, actually one thing. I'll be like, oh, I want, like, a wedge, like a golf wedge. And then the rest, I'm like, mom, if you want to give me more stuff, like, just give me clothes. And then she kind of figures it out and gets me some nice stuff. So I, I usually look forward to that. So a nice Chris shirt or some nice slacks. How about that? Some nice chinos. Okay. All right, Dwight Schrute. <laughs> um, I, uh, I think number one on my list, as I've gotten older, it's I just completely knocked the charger out of my laptop. Unbelievable. Classless. Um, as I've gotten older, it's been harder for me to put together a Christmas list. I would say the number one thing on my list this year is a vinyl record player, just because I think oh. that I, I, if I hopefully am going to be able to find my own place this coming year, I, I love music. I just think that it's so – I don't know. There's something about it. Like, there's just, you know, there's something about having records playing. So you tell Chance you got a vinyl cool. record player? Like, hey, you want to see my vinyl record player? Yeah, you want to see my collection? Um, <laughs> That's the only reason I have it. I no, said, <laughs> no, no. I, I'm I, kidding. I, I'm kidding. I, I think I'm just such a, like, I was going to say, like, I don't know if I can say this on there, but I, I just think I'm such, like, an asshat that, like, I'm so, like, Oh, a nice crunchy record player. Like I don't appreciate that it's like actually kind of cool. Like I, I'm the I'm in the minority on this one. I think. Well, whatever. I'm not, not doing it to please you, Colin. I don't know that's what I'm saying. I I need a, a different folds, different strokes. Sometimes I, I get carried away with things. I also asked for a pair of Nike Blazers. Have you guys seen these? Have you heard of these? I have a pair. Yes. Let's they're, see them. They're yeah, big I, in the, They're big in. Uh, they're a high nice. fashion right now. Those are sick. Purple. Shocking, shocking. Trent had the purple on it. Shout out Prince. Purple. Prince, baby. Pur- the purple reigns. Um, I was well, asked for a smoker. I want to start smoking some meats. That's a good one. How about that? That's a good well, that's one. A, hey, the... that's official. Like, I have a girlfriend at 27. Probably going to get married that's... to this girl. And I You're need to start college. smoking meats. Yeah. yeah they... <laughs> well, a couple of those things are lacking for my record yes. So at least You're a little bit young for that, that, but yeah. Well, you're on your way there. You're on your way. The smoker's step one. (laughs) Trent, what's on your list? Number one on your list. Uh, Number one on my list, which I already kind of got it, actually, because my family's going on a trip to Florida the day after Christmas. And and Miles and I play guitar together now. That's our thing. I play the bass. He plays the, uh, you know, regular six-string guitar. So I got an acoustic bass guitar. So you you don't need to plug it into an amp, you know. Excellent. It's just a lot better. We're going to play a little more country music. Which I'm not, yes. I'm not, I'm not too into, but it definitely is like it's a, it's a crowd pleaser. It's fun. So we're bringing oh, yeah. it down there. We're going with our friends. It'll just be fun to play a little country music on the acoustic bass. So that was my number one thing. It is in the shop right now. Get this. I had to buy it right-handed and get it restrung, which takes like two weeks for them what? to do that, apparently. Yeah, dude. dude they don't, first they of don't... all, I could have restrung it for you, but. Well, that I sucks, dude. I, dude, Trent, it is. I know we talked about this. It is so hard to find left-handed guitars, man. Like, and even if you find them online, you can't try them anywhere. Like, right. there's that's, no way that's it's gonna You can't. You can't like try it out. So I go to this guitar shop. And they only have one acoustic bass as it is, because that's a very obscure thing. Yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll buy it because I actually liked it and I liked how it sounded and everything. Yeah. But I'm like, I need it restrung, man. I'm not, I'm not right-handed. So it, it just yeah. So that's taking a while. It's supposed to be done tomorrow, hopefully in time for Christmas. So that's you that's- guys sound very cool, by the way, when you guys talked about like guitars and stuff. And I just feel very out of the loop. Also, <laughs> I did not know you needed to like try out a guitar. 
Like, are, are some strings oh. better than the other? Know it's, what I mean? It's kind, of, it's kind of like when you when you go buy shoes. You don't want to just, like, buy them. You want to try them on and see how they feel. You know, like, you want to see how they feel. No, just I know, the sound, I know. The sound, the feel. Yeah. Like, different different guitars, like, the makes and models of them. And, obviously, as you go up in price range, like, the sound can be, like, richer, deeper. You know, some, like, when you have, like, your nylon strings, you have your – what's the other called? What's what's the, the, the steel? Whatever they're called. The yeah. Metal, not metal. Some get a little swangier, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you just gotta, you know, you gotta, gotta feel it out. It's a, it's a, you gotta be one with your instrument. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's always, a, it's always an expensive investment. So you gotta make sure you know yeah. what you're doing, and it's always worth it. But anywho, we'll move on. We'll keep it moving here. Second question of the trifecta: What's your favorite Christmas snack? You know, like I, I assume you're probably gonna say cookies, but then I want you to elaborate. And if it's not cookies, what is it? So Rabs first. Oh man. Oh, dude, yeah, I like Christmas snack. Like the reason I'll, – I'll say this. The reason I'm asking this question is for two reasons. I love puppy chow, and I consider that a Christmas snack because it's like snow. It's like white, you know, it just like looks good. And then I also hate candy canes like so much. So that is why I want to ask you guys kind of like what's your favorite, you know, what's your favorite snack? I, I you know, I, I like peppermint a lot. I like the peppermint chocolate mix. So I would say for a snack like – I don't know. I, I appreciate there being little chocolates that sit around, but yeah, I would just say like cookies. I know that's probably a bad answer. It's also a real fat guy answer to answer snack is, is cookies. Like that's your favorite snack. They're just six cookies at a time. That's but fine. I would just, yeah. Just cookies. I mean like, yeah, like I don't really like, if you see a guy walking around just like sucking on a candy cane, that's just kind of like a bad walk. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I candy canes are a mess too. Just yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, you can't even open them either. Like, you try to break it. They're always broken in half, yes. Yeah, so you know, get a I candy love... cane at, like, school in first grade, it's tum- it's coming home disheveled in your bag, and then you, like, try and get it in yeah. your hands are all wet. sticky. Yeah. It's just a mess. Yeah. I don't know. I, when I think of Christmas snacks, I, I'm not the biggest cookie guy, but I do like Christmas cookies. I do. Like, if you get, like, the Christmas sugar cookies or, like, the Christmas cookies Ooh. that – like, you know what? I have the little tree on it, like the little logo of the tree on it. Yeah. Those are fire. Like, I love those. But I, I don't think there's, like – that's not really in the mix a whole lot during, like, like our holidays, like, in the Collins house or at least. I'm going to say just leftovers. This is just, like, kind of like a thing at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like, before Christmas or, like, after Christmas, my mom's usually hosting people. And obviously, because Corona, that's not really happening. But she still will make, like, big meals, like, the Saturday before Christmas, like, Christmas Eve and, like, Christmas Day. I love the leftovers. Like, I, I like for, like, a week, like, I've been crushing this chicken tortellini, fettuccine. Oh, chicken tortellini with Alfredo sauce. I've been crushing it for a week straight. So, I'll go okay. with that. Okay, that's a good answer, Collins. That's, like, sneaky. Because, like, yeah, they're meals, but, like, you just kind of – it just sounds good. So that just, is a – that's, like, my snack during the holidays. I'm like, ooh, there's some oh, meatball in there? Give me that. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a very good answer. All right, last question on the trifecta. Rabs, this is a little bit because Collins and I have been discussing the differences and similarities between the Thanksgiving Day NFL games and the Christmas Day NBA games. So my question to you is, will you be watching the NBA on Christmas Day? Yes. Always do. I, and I know, I, Michigan State playing this year puts a whole wrench into the well, early game because yeah. Michigan State like plays Wisconsin at noon. Like that's like kind of like absurd. Like that's gonna be an absolute mess in my household. Just like 
a lot of tensions will be running high with the whole squad together watching that game. I will – the problem – like, I don't even have NFL Network, so that's not even an option for me. You know what I mean? So, I, I, I'm strictly NBA on Christmas and maybe some Big Ten basketball too. Nice. I will be watching State. Um, I dude, I don't know, man. Like, that's the thing is, like, I would say the NBA out of all the sports – yeah, I mean, I'm a sports guy, so even if my team's not playing, I do enjoy watching other teams play for the hell of it. But NBA, I'm probably, it's probably like the that goes the least for the NBA in my book. I so I that's the thing too is I don't really like watch sports on Christmas. Like, we usually like a Christmas movie on, or listening to music, or like you open the presents and then you got brunch and you got to clean everything up. And you got to sit back down, you're having appetizers, and you got dinner. Then it's like, you know, everyone's falling asleep. And then you just, then you get depressed because Christmas is over. So I don't know. I don't really have time. I'm not, I'm not a big TV guy on Christmas, but I probably won't be watching the NBA. Sorry, sorry to tell you. No, that's, that's understandable. It's, it's, it's kind of one of those things you're either in or you're out. Um, and I, I, I am in. I'm excited to watch LeBron James against the, the Dallas Mavericks. And, yes, I say LeBron James, not the L.A. Lakers, because I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm simply a LeBron fan. I could tell I was frozen there for a second because no one said anything. But whatever. Yes. I'm, 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 yeah. I, I'm, I'm a LeBron guy. I'm excited to watch LeBron. That's, that's kind of it. Uh, but thanks. thanks. The one thing Christmas. is NBA and Christmas should be a t- – sorry if I cut you off. I know TNT, TNT usually gets the late games. I wish they got the good games. If TNT got the good games, I think it puts NBA and Christmas to a different level because yeah. you got, like, shocked in the mix. Yeah. Like, and the NBA on TNT is the NBA and what makes the NBA so great. Like, that show is, like, I'm watching it right now inside the NBA. It's fantastic. Yeah. So that's, a, that's what I got to go with. All right, fair. That wraps up the trifecta and my holiday extravaganza little, you know, input for the week. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Incredible. Love you guys. Yes, I guess that's going to wrap it up. Um, from our family to yours at the Motown Rundown, we wish you happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And, and, and one pride. One pride and happy holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah, whatever. You. Um, but that's that was be awful. For today's episode I did not like happy holidays. <laughs> that could be, we could get copyrighted for that, too. We might get, be getting hit with a bill. Thanks, Trent. Yeah. Stolen Valor. That was stolen thing, Valor. Good thing I'm really rich. Good thing there's another stimulus check coming out. Yeah, huge. That I won't it. get. Yeah, I won't <laughs> get it either. College yeah. gets left off it again. All right. That's it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. I know you're getting gifts for Christmas. Give us one. Give us a rating. Follow us. Subscribe. Whatever. Follow us on Twitter. Do what you got to do. We have new episodes. Slide in the raps DMs. Yes. Ladies, at the gym today. (laughs) At the gym today, ladies. Getting the smoker for Christmas. Did the vinyl. How are you? Hopefully. All right. We'll see you next time. Love you guys.